Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. You're listening to the Face World podcast. This is your host, Fei Wu. Today on the show, we have Aaron Keith Hawkins, who is an FBI agent and also a podcaster, an author, and an executive coach. I think you brought up a really important point, which is a number of points. Um, the last one in terms of finding our own voice and, yeah. you know, how, how unique do you need it to be? Sometimes we feel like we found it. It's like, but wait a minute, am I trying to sound like Seth Godin? Am I trying yeah. to, you know, copy somebody else? I think it's, that, like you said, it's an iteration and a lot of people sure. don't realize that. And I think, you know, last night when I was at a barbecue party, I was trying to, you know, having this great conversation with this 23 year old about mm-hmm. writing. and my main message to him is that please write and hit the publish button and yeah. you are going to, you're not going to find necessarily find it tonight or tomorrow, 30 days from now. I mean, it's a long time for young millennials these days, yeah. but it's a, it's a process. And I mm-hmm. also encourage people, I'm sure Aaron, you've been blogging and posting for a while and sometimes we go back to our earlier work and even episode one, you're like, Oh, I still want to delete this. Um, yeah. But I can't because it's part of the show. And I think that that is the process and how many times in our lives we can, for us to do something and see the trace of it, right? Like yeah. um, you, for you being a parent, there are pictures taken with your adorable young daughter, there are conversations that you remember, but with yeah. the podcast is kind of a similar thing that you see the growth of yes. yourself. So that, that is something I think it's really powerful and I want people to, not feel bad about that. I think it's one of yeah. the, the message I have. In terms of something else you said about the website, I was like, mm, I want to say something because that's sort of what I do. And I see a lot of people not having a website because they they feel like it doesn't live up to their expectation. And they're mm. maybe right most of the time. <clears throat> um, what I was really impressed about is that you built this whole thing by yourself. Is that is that right? I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Oh my god! Your your background, I if I assume, is not in digital marketing or advertising. <laughs> no, no, I'm an accidental um, website builder. I just it's one of those things. It one of the things, uh, and I'll give some props to Brendan Bouchard, uh, who I've never met, but I've I've learned a lot from him. I think I've read every one of his books. But one of the things I heard him say years ago that wedged into my brain was that you have to believe in your ability to figure anything out. So almost everything on my website, everything I've done to this point is something that just several years back, I was clueless about. And if I'm honest, these days, I still feel plenty clueless about another any number of unlimited things. But along the way, I've forced myself to figure things out so yeah and thank you yeah i built the built my entire website on my own wordpress or squarespace i'm sorry wordpress yeah wordpress Wordpress. yeah so it's it's and again to your point 
it was a process because the first version, my my Amazon 1.0 version of my website, if I were to look at it today, it was I, I would be I would be embarrassed. I would only show someone these days just to say, look at how bad I was. And it was okay. I think if we put what we're talking about here in a nutshell, we have to be willing. We have to humble ourselves enough to be willing to to suck at something. If I can say that, like we have to be willing to say, I'm going to start, even if it sucks, because probably every version of my website up to this one, I was not even remotely happy with. I was, in some ways, embarrassed by it. But it, but it was. But I had a website, and there were people that came there, and there were people that were thanking me for some of the content was on there. And even though it wasn't per, even though it wasn't perfect, I was in a process of improving. And if we're willing to, we have to be humble enough because a lot of times I think our, and you can tell me your thoughts on this, Faye, a lot of times if we're honest, and I know I said I'm not, uh, I'm not Gary Vee, but I'm going to be kind of blunt right now. A lot of times our ego sets us up for failure because we're not willing to have anything that's less than perfect. So if my website doesn't look like so-and-so's, then forget it, I'm not just doing it all. And that is, that is you lose before you even start if we take that stance. Like you mentioned early podcast episodes, I won't even listen to some of my, or I, I, I don't even want to hear some of my earlier episodes because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to listen to that again because I know how clueless I was. <laughs> not to say I'm anything great now, but it's, I don't even go back there. It happened. I'm not ashamed of it, but it's what I was. But uh, I've progressed from there. But, you know, we have to be willing to take that journey. And, you know, a week ago, I decided to listen to episode one with Kayla Brown. And I prepared myself for awfulness. And yeah. I was, in a way, pleasantly surprised. I realized, especially the intro, right? I was okay yeah. once I get to the conversation part. I was like, oh, I don't yeah. want to hear the intro again. <laughs> Like, hello. Like, you know, I, I imagine me talking slowly, scared for no reason yeah. and uh, bored, scared or lonely because I knew exactly which part of the house I recorded this in with the wrong yeah. equipment. And and uh, I was and then I realized, like, it wasn't so bad. And yeah. somebody even said to me on purpose to say that when I was already more than 100 episodes in, somebody emailed me, reached out to me and said, oh, I went to episode one. On purpose. I just want to see how far you've gone. You you've come, right? Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, no. And then, <laughs> why did you have to do that? And I realized, well, this this person has a point, and I want him or her to see that. And yeah. I, I use these example all the time, like all the super sexy YouTubers with their 14, mm -hmm. 20 million followers. Go back to their first video. Some yeah. of them do delete them, which is terrible and the shame, but if you go back to their first video, you cannot believe how far mm -hmm. they've come. I think that's such a beautiful thing because what what this in this vision or this picture we have mm -hmm. in our mind uh, in terms of what's good or perfect, even that's wrong. Yeah. We don't even know. Like using the simple example of writing or you know web design, maybe everybody has a different point of view, right? Like oh that that's pretty or. Oh, you know, but when it comes to writing, everything we learned in school, not to say they were correct grammatically and everything, yeah. but that's not the type of content that will resonate and touch other people. You know, nobody talks like that. It, it, yeah. You can even notice in a, a TV show or movie when the script is over prepared and over scripted yeah. and people just like they can't even they are like robots. T yeah, yeah, it's, it's robotic. robotic. Yeah.
Yeah, it's it 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 is it is true, and it, it it's funny. Um, I was mentioning a few things about um, influence, and, and one of those one of the last is kind of on this point where it is it's a practice. Um, one of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to be influential is they think that they need to already be that type of person that is influential. So they so they blame their personality, like I'm not, you know, nobody's gonna want to listen to my show or read my blog or they're not going to want to be coached by me or they're not going to want to buy my stuff because I'm just not that type of influential person. But it is not influence is not about our personality. It's about what we're willing to practice and get better at. And I certainly I mean, by no means I'm I've always been very introverted by nature. If you saw me in a public place at a party, I was either off on my own while everybody's mingling, or I'd be with one or two. I feel more comfortable in smaller conversations. But like now, I'll get in front of a, an audience of I don't care how many people, and I'll just freely speak. I care less who's there. <laughs> um, because it wasn't a matter of, it wasn't about who I was. It was what I decided to practice and train myself to be more comfortable with and it, and if and I'm sure you've gone through the same progression like you said you went back to your first episode because you wanted to see the progression which inherently means you knew you're intentionally making progress and you intentionally wanted to get better at at the same thing and I think that's an important thing for for business owners or any but regardless of what somebody's doing you could have you could have a nonprofit or something that you wanted some mission something you wanted to get better at even if you're just a parent, you want to be a better parent. Wherever you are now does not mean that's where you need to be a month from now or a year from now or even an hour from now. There's always the, the things you're doing and the impact you're having and creating is a matter of how much you're willing to learn and how much effort you're willing to put into getting better at whatever it is you want to achieve. And that's that's a that's a big lesson that uh, I wish a lot more people would. I wish I would have learned it quicker. But it's it's just something it took me a while to become aware of, which is why I kind of harp on it these days. <laughs> and I think that we need to change our perspectives and give ourselves a chance to learn while being yeah. an, an adult and to be able to make new friends, make uh, get to know people who we have a true connection with instead of people uh, and friendship by proximity, whether you go to work and yeah. they have to be your friends. And, you know, we all know that there's, we won't just naturally connect with everyone and we sort of are forced in a certain situation. Yeah. So by proactively reaching out, whether it's through writing or blogging or podcasting, I think it's just a fantastic way of finding your tribe. And I can't say enough about that because people and energy and the wisdom that, that are generated from that tribe will fuel yeah. you and, you know, for the, for the rest of your life, or if that's too much of a statement, will really fuel you in the you know in an extended period of time five ten years mm -hmm. I've only been doing this for three and a half and my life has really truly changed forever and I could tell from your voice that starting your own business running the podcast I've also done the same for you you know it, this is a pretty pretty strong statement right there it, it is it is and it's not what you're saying is not an overstatement I, I think we may you and I may have touched on this before in another conversation uh, about you know if you were to look back five years from now you almost it's almost like you can't recognize how things were then as opposed as compared to how they are now that's certainly the case 
certainly the case with me because these relationships that I've built as I've practiced being willing to reach out to more people and, and being willing to have these conversations and will, being willing to ask for something, whether it's something that I can give or something that I need that I want support with, um, being willing to go through these progressions and engage in the bigger mission without worrying about whether somebody else will agree or disagree with it and just knowing, okay, this is my ultimate goal. So, you know, is this thing that I'm worried about doing, is it going to help me get to that? Is it going to serve that bigger picture? Is it going to serve that ultimate goal? And if the answer is yes, then, you know, to quote Mel Robbins in the five second rule, you know, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. I need to do it. Send the email, make the call, ask the question, ask for the introduction and just do it. And, 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 it, and it's amazing how, like you said, your life can totally change forever just by being willing to keep stepping toward that direction. I love it. Yeah. Hi there, you're listening to the Face World podcast. This is your host, Fei Wu. Today on the show, we have Aaron Keith Hawkins, who is an FBI agent and also a podcaster, an author, and an executive coach. I do want to talk about the SWAT team. And you mentioned to me like two days ago, I realized, what was it like? How long have you been? You know, what are some of the tasks? Because I guess some of these are like high profile stories. But like, how did you become one? What is it? I've only seen it on TV. And I don't yeah. know what it's all about, really. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the quick rundown of, of that. So I was on uh, I was on the SWAT team for 15 years. I uh, wound up leaving. I was uh, one of the t- when I left. I wound up being one of the team leaders, um, but that started a couple of years. Well, back in the nineties, uh, I'd been on the job a couple of years, and then um, I kind of got asked if I wanted to to join a tactical team, and and you know said yeah because it sounded like you know the cool thing to do, the the elite so to speak uh, thing to do, and and from there it was a lot of training. We went in a few different places around the country to study with some of the people from LAPD and stuff and learn hostage rescue tactics and all that kind of thing. Uh, so it was exciting. It was definitely exciting. It was definitely around some of that experience being in, with that environment with those people that I was with taught me a ton about standards, about raising it. And it kind of translates totally into this you know, the personal development where it sounds insane, but my, my time on a SWAT team totally prepared me for this personal development world because everything we did was about having this, we had a very almost ridiculously high standards for everything we did. The movements, the way we flowed through a house or a building, if we had to make an entry and search for whoever it is, the armed robber, the, the, you know, the murder suspect, the, whatever it was, everything had to be done like your awareness had to be at 100. But it's very important that even though your awareness and your your vision was at 100%, you couldn't be in a state of paranoia. You had to also, at the same time, with this hyper-awareness, you had to be hyper-relaxed. Like you had to be just in the flow of what you know needed to be done. And that came from, you know, how do you get in the flow? Repetition. 
takes time. So we would do our movements, we would do our work with our equipment and weapons and all this stuff so that we were, we always use the word surgical. Like everything we did, we wanted to be surgical about it, meaning very precise, intentional decisions. And that totally transitioned to my mindset now when it comes to having these very high standards of what I do. But what, does that mean there was perfection there? Of course not, no. But if you, but if you aim for that, then you're going to be pretty darn good if you if you make your standard to be ridiculously high, and that that helped a lot prepare me for uh, what I do now. Really did. You talk about like the flow of things or doing things the same way. What does that mean? I mean, oh, I am a huge fan of this TV show called The Unit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, and it's I think it's based on a book, Delta Force, written by mm-hmm. this gentleman I happen to be friends with on Facebook. And um, I'm not really his friend. It's just, yeah, it's I actually one have of this book on my shelf. <laughs> it's, a, such yeah. a, it's incredible. I thought that... Yeah. And I think when you... What, what's fascinating, and then typically I don't really watch a lot of army movies or shows, but this mm-hmm. one happens to be like just so well curated and like shot together. And like I think... Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of brutality, but there's also some, a lot really emotional and sensitive to it. I think one thing that they talk about doing things the same way, including the way you walk into a room, the way that the team is organized, and then who's first, second, third, you know, the way that is that like, what are some of the things I find yeah. those really yeah. Uh, fascinating? Yeah, some of those, it's funny how um, one thing I have to tip my cap sometimes to the film industry these days, both television and movies, because even though they are not realistic in the sense of all the over the top stuff, that's almost obvious. Sometimes there are times that I'll watch and really depends on the show, but there have been more times in recent years than in previous years that some of the tactics and the, and the mindset and the stuff they do is a little bit, a lot closer to reality than it was you know, in the eighties, if you watch some, if you watch some SWAT show in the eighties or seventies, everybody's jumping out of the back of the van and the hut, 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 and they look like soldiers. And I look at it, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. But yes, to, to answer your question about flow, some of the things are uh, number one, like you said, it's a, a lot of repetition, and we got to the point where we literally could communicate, and we could clear a huge building, warehouse, anything without ever speaking a word. And we could tell each other what to do, what not to do, what we were worried about simply with, you know, a head gesture or a hand symbol. Um, it was like, it was, a, it was an entire a language and then predetermined movements based on those, that, that unspoken language and signals that would help us accomplish what we, what we needed to do very quickly without any almost without any friction amongst ourselves like we knew what needed to be done without speaking what needed to be done so just little things like you know always checking your corners um remembering that you know you're in a 360 degree environment so don't just look in front of you you have to look down you have to look up because there there could be a threat in any location like a lot of this stuff and it, and it became so natural but it translates because you know in business like it's just it's simply if you break it down it's a matter of setting rules and then practicing those rules intentionally over and over again. Well, think about that in business. I mean, the way you treat customers, how quickly you respond to an email, you know, how you schedule your next day or don't schedule your next day, depending on those habits and those rules that you set up and how 
committed you are to following through with them, that creates flow. And either either you're not doing those things that you know need to be done, and then it becomes a flow, a negative flow. Like you just create habits that aren't useful. Or in this case, like we became very committed to to movements and communication, so that they became they became second nature and they kept us safe. Like we 15 years, we never took a life and we never lost one. Uh, in my in my little you know it was a relatively small part of the world, um, but it certainly worked. It certainly worked for us. I mean, uh, New Jersey. I've in New Jersey, New York, the area. It's not exactly free from crimes. I mean, you're sure. not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I think about, I think Chris Voss also worked in New York back in the early '90s, '80s, and he yeah. said he went through a phase of like people walking up to him and he's ready to fight, and <laughs> which is not the case anymore these days. But one thing I noticed that people probably will ask you a lot is like, oh, why don't you teach self-defense? Or I think a better question is how do those skills potentially translate to our like day-to-day activities? Yeah. I don't know whether you've ever encountered outside of work once you're in a dark alley or you're maybe with your family walking around like yeah. unfamiliar town. Like, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, for me, I didn't really, I was never one of those people who's, where that career really took over my home life. So, like, I one of the one of the best pieces of advice <clears throat> I got many years ago was from um, uh, one of the, one of the guys I used to work with. He's retired now, but he told me when I got married back in 1996. He said, "Whatever you do, if you listen to nothing else I ever say, do not take this job home with you." And I I knew before I even started a job, I knew that. I didn't want to become, I didn't want my identity to be attached to the career. That was just never who I was. I never wanted that to be my identity to the point where if somebody introduced me as a cop, I would get so pissed off because to me, it was like, okay, if I were an insurance salesman, you would have not introduced me as, hi, this is my friend, Aaron. He's an insurance salesman. That just, it just doesn't happen, but it's just, it was weird because in, in, my career, not everyone, but a lot of people would, would introduce me as that. And I developed uh, for a while, it's not there anymore, but for a while I had this, I had this self-consciousness about it where I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be associated with that. I wanted people to get to know me, not me because they had assumptions about who I was because of what I did for a living. Um, but it did, but little things that did carry over, like if we go to restaurants. I never wanted to be seated with my back to the door. I always wanted to be seated facing the door because, I mean, we all know how insane society can be. If something like that were to happen, I wanted to immediately see it before it played out um, because I I inherently notice things that uh, a lot of times that are out of place. Um, but I want to. I want to. I want to be in a position to see it first. Little stuff like that helps. What really helps um, that can transition to our listeners. And one of the things that I learned, one of the best skills I learned uh, of the many skills I learned, being on that that SWAT team for so many years was visualization. There's a lot of in the self help world, a lot of people talk about visualizing your goal or visualizing what you want your life to be, and and. People do that. They'll say, you know, picture the house you want to live in, where do you want it to be, what country, what does your bank account look like, and all that kind of stuff. And visualizing that end goal, which in my experience isn't necessarily 
a bad thing in and of itself, but I think it misses the point because what we did a lot of was visualizing the process. So in other words, if we knew we had a pre-planned event and we were going to look for person X in this home and we think he's usually in this area of the home, like we would have all these things played out. We knew that the end goal was to detain this person without anyone getting hurt. That was a goal. But we didn't visualize being standing in a room still with him on the ground handcuffed. That that didn't help. I mean, that's visualizing that isn't going to help you get there. What does help is you visualizing, okay, step A, how are we approaching? What's our route? Step B, what are we going to see when we get out of our transport? Step C, you know, what's our entry point? Where are we going once we get through there? We're visualizing every single step along the way. Where where are the potential threats? Who else is in the home? We're visualizing everything up until the point where the goal is accomplished. The goal accomplished was almost irrelevant. That that was never, for me, it was never part of my visualization, was not, yay, we arrested him. Like That was never even thought. My, My process, and literally with eyes closed, we would, almost like meditating, when we were transporting on the way to do a job, you would see umpteen big dudes all geared up with automatic weapons with their eyes closed, and you just see their heads bobbing because we were visualizing the process of what it was going to take to accomplish that goal safely. That is what I think is missing from a lot of people in the business world. Everybody has their vision boards with their episode on Oprah and, you know, jet skiing with, yeah, jet skiing with Richard Branson and and all that kind of stuff, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not speaking negatively against those things because I have friends that did some vision boards and they have some amazing stories about what they accomplished after having done it. But the more important, what actually makes the difference is being intentional and visualizing how, what is it, what's the next thing I'm going to have to do to get there? What is every step along the way? How am I going to get it done? What's go- what is likely to get in my way? When when those obstacles happen, how do I overcome them? And I think that type of visualization visual, visualization is what gets it done. Whereas if if you're just looking at the white sandy beaches and forgetting about there's a whole lot of travel to do before you get there. That's where that's what gets people frustrated because they, you know, I've known a lot, plenty of people that say, oh, I'm, you know, it's been so, it's been six months since I've, you know, started visualizing. I'm still not there. I'm like, well, how much of the process did you visualize? Like, what are your steps along the way? Yeah, and then also yeah. I think the mentality that you guys have, it's so many people think about only the obstacles and risk, and they don't take a single step. But for you guys, there is, and it's a really that that's the art of the balance, really. Yeah is to be able to to predict some of them and knowing that you might not be perfect and all the way right to the T and mm-hmm. but not be paralyzed by those yeah. obstacles and still yeah. be able to move forward. I think yeah. my goodness, that's like why people like Seth Godin and Brian Koppelman exist. Yeah. I mean that's kind of what they teach. And yeah. yeah, that that journey and you've you've lived through it like you said, two decades. And that's already yeah. that's part of you. It's like in your blood. Like it's part yeah. of your DNA. Um Yeah, sure it is. Yeah. And to be able to teach that because you've lived through it. And this was so awesome. Thank you for spending another fifteen minutes. I think your listeners in particular will love what you just talked about. 
Yeah, you drew that. See, I, I love that we did this because that is not something that I would have chose to talk about on Unbreakable Success. So thank you for kind of helping me to share a little bit about, you know, myself and my world that my my listeners. Uh, definitely thanks to Face Real listeners, but also Aaron's listeners. And I hope that you get so much out of, um, you know, who you are. You, you have, you're this super friendly, down-to-earth guy. You know, you got this natural instinct about you and the, the feeling you project onto your customers, other people, I think is there to be shared with the world. So I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. Kind words, uh, Faye. I pre- honestly, I appreciate that very much. It's both humbling and flattering. And for sure, I'm very grateful to have, to have met you. Thanks again to, um, uh, to Jocelyn for intro- introducing us. And love what you're up to. Love the show. And uh, your your willingness to take that that journey that you took, and we'll, we'll probably get, we should get into it more next time. But your journey from from where you were and and coming over to the states and and deciding to plant your flag here, uh, I'm glad that you stuck around and are doing what you're doing in the world today because it's making a it's definitely making an impact. So I appreciate you. there it's me again i want to thank you very much for listening to this episode and i hope you were able to learn a few things if you enjoy what you heard it will be hugely helpful if you could subscribe to the face world podcast it literally takes seconds if you're on your mobile phone just search for face world podcast in the podcast app on iphone or an android app such as podcast addict and click subscribe all new episodes will be delivered to you automatically Thanks so much for your support.